All right, here we go. Episode three. Welcome, everybody, to Inside Futsal. And were you not entertained with today's games? Group E, match day one at the UEFA Futsal Euro 2022. And joining me, my good friend, special guest, uh, one of the most well-known personalities in world futsal, Damon Shaw, all the way live from England. Damon, welcome to the show. How have you been, my friend? I've been good. Lots, lots going on, and um, lots of changes in in my life at the minute. With um, leaving Poland over Christmas, as you well know. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm good. I started the new year with COVID, but I think a lot of people in the same boat. So um, yeah, hoping now to really kick on with 2022 and see what comes. And the Euros are great, a great sort of distraction for distraction and a motivator for the rest of the year so um yeah really looking forward to this hey well i'm really glad that you're feeling better uh, i mean everybody's been getting COVID. i mean i came down with it my family came down with it it's just uh, this omni omicron it's it almost sounds like a transformer i can never pronounce it right so i'm going to call it yeah. a decepticon and it's <laughs> affecting everyone sadly it has resulted in no fans here at euro 2022 but have you noticed that they have these, I don't know if they're plastic or cardboard, they have the artificial fans in the first 10 rows. I got to be honest, they look pretty kind of cool. What's, what's your take on watching the games and seeing the artificial fans in the stands? I mean, you can tell there's no fans because there's no atmosphere. Um, I don't know if there's music in the halls, like in the World Cup. I don't think there is. Um, I mean, from a TV point of view, it doesn't take much away without the fans. It, you know, you, you, you're watching the game, you're watching the action. Um, but it really will affect it, it'll affect the players. I remember being in, in Lithuania on the pitch and it wasn't behind closed doors, but it was the, the attendances were low. So you're there and it's quite an empty stadium and it doesn't feel the same. It's almost it's yeah, it's just it's empty and you wanna play in front of people and the players will be suffering the most with, with the lack of fans. How did you feel watching the Netherlands game yesterday when they went up and scored those three quick goals in the second half? All I could think about, and some of them were superb goals, all I could think about was uh, a Ziggo Arena in Amsterdam, full mm. of crazy orange-clad Dutch supporters and just how everyone's been robbed of it because the tournament preparations from the KNVB in UEFA yep. has been world-class. I mean, absolute world-class. The marketing... Whoever's doing the videos for the organization, all these previews and, you know, kind of, uh, what, what do they call it? The uh, come see the artists, you know, perform out there. I yep. love it. Everything they've done has been top. And, it, and it's it, it's like a borderline crime that no fans have been able to be there so far and won't at least till the 25th. But hopefully the Dutch government at least allows 50% restriction mm -hmm. uh, come after that so people can get a real taste of futsal. And uh, maybe even the Dutch after yesterday's win. We'll be able to, uh, you know, kind of make the knockout stage. It was a big surprise out there. What was your take on that uh, first day of action? Oh, it was it, it was really nice to see Holland winning because, you no, know, historically the Eastern European teams have, I won't say dominated, because then you've got Spain, Portugal, Italy, slightly above. But the next sort of level, it seems to be all the Eastern European teams, the Serbia, Slovenia, you know, even you know, Russia, obviously in that group. But um, it's nice to see Netherlands. Overcoming. Um, wait, who did they play? I watched it, but 
they played the Ukraine last night. Ah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, obviously Ukraine, one of the giants of the game. Um, but for me, it was nice to see Netherlands and Portugal as well. But I mean, that was kind of expected. But it was nice to see Netherlands get the win at home in front of their own fans, not actual fans. But um, yeah, it was really nice to see. And I don't think anyone expected it, even though they're the hosts. And obviously, there's a bit more in it for them. Um, yeah, it was really good to see. They played so well. That last goal, what a, what a goal that was. Potential for goal at all already. And yeah, I really just hope they get through to the next round and the fans are allowed in because that will be so, something to see. Like you said, the marketing has been really good for this tournament. Um, like I said, in, in Lithuania, it wasn't because of COVID, because of a lot of factors. It, the, the numbers weren't there. Um, it was only 50% allowed anyway. But I had a good feeling from seeing from the launch of the tournament through to the launch of the ticket sales, it, the KMVB just, they just, they had it right. And it's such a shame not to see the results of all that marketing. It might it might not have had people in, it might not have been a sellout every game, but the signs were there for it to be a really big, important tournament in the history of Futsal. Yeah, and I hope that UEFA, you know, understands what's happened because the KMVB put their 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 money's where their their money where their mouths were and not a lot of fa's do that but the kmvb did and everyone behind that's been super receptive very responsive very very helpful um and i want to see them rewarded with another tournament i don't know if maybe obviously they're not going to get the next euro but perhaps maybe a uefa champions league final four mm. uh in amsterdam i would fly over there in a heartbeat to watch that and uh, well you you just you guys just take the the channel under underneath over there to go over so a little well we can we can we, we can fly for 20 pounds over to holland and i really hope they lift the restrictions and i can get there for the the knockout stage at least yeah no i hope you're there i i was supposed to go but it was a last minute thing with the covid restrictions and it was just not to be uh but you know let's uh Let's hope that things uh, work out well so that, uh, you know, we get to go to future tournaments, including the women's futsal Euro over in Portugal in March. I'm mm -hmm. hoping to fly over for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, instead of looking at the future, let's look at the present. And today, we're talking goals. We're talking great goals. These two games were easily the best games I've seen in months out there. It was fantastic. Let's start off with Kazakhstan versus Slovenia. Everybody expecting Kazakhstan to kind of walk all over uh, Slovenia. Uh, but, you know, it didn't work out that way. I mean, Slovenia got on the board first. The total Skovic scored, um, you know, uh, Hagita coming out, mm -hmm. keeping his head down, getting the ball stripped. Total Skovic making no mistake out there. Uh, and then seeing uh, the subsequent red card with, uh, you know, uh, once I can barely pronounce his name. It's uh, Ak Balakov. Ak Balakov. I like it. I'm so not he gets right. Did you did you see the brutal collision between him and the Slovenian keeper? No, I didn't. That was a match I because I was traveling back today, so I didn't get to see all that game all the way through. I saw I've seen the goals and um, caught up a little bit, but um, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. I'm, it's one game I need to catch up on because yeah, what a game! I've I've heard oh, people, people on on social media saying game of the tournament. I, I love watching Douglas play. So yeah, oh, it's we're a game definitely going to talk Douglas for sure. Yeah. He, he's just phenomenal, highly underrated. Uh, doesn't get as much love and recognition as he should. I think he's still only 33, so I think he has another cycle after this. Uh, definitely one more World Cup in him. Mm -hmm. But honestly, this game, I'm watching it in the first half, and Slovenia could have been up by three. Like, it was just insane within the first 
you know, 13 minutes of the game, they were, you know, just dominating for the most part. Uh, there was one play in particular from the corner. Um, I think his name was uh, uh, Federsik. Uh, he ended up scoring a goal later on, but there was a corner that just went right to him, far post, and it just hit him off the chest, off the bar. And I'm sitting there going, a fire hydrant could have sat there and bounced off and scored that goal. It absolutely killed me. But what was interesting, too, I'm not sure if you found out, but uh, the head coach of Kazakhstan uh, was out uh, of the match. I think it was yeah. COVID. So uh, Kaká was out. Um, let me ask you, I mean, you've coached at a World Cup. What is it when something like that kind of happens out there, you know, in an emergency and you take out, you know, the number one chief, your general? It can go both ways. It really can. Um, it can fire up the team. It, it really can. It, it depends on what the group is like. Um, if the group's together, if the group's... I think if... Let's let's look at Finland as an example. I think if, if they were without Micho, then I think they would raise their level for him. So I don't know what other teams it might... I don't want to say a team that might lose something because they're losing the coach. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, as a coach, you in futsal you're involved. You're you're almost like pulling strings here and there, and you know you're involved every second of the game. So um, it can be hard if you're not there. It it can. I think I've only missed a couple of games in of, of my teams um, and and had to sort of direct from afar, but. Um, but yeah, it depends on how well trained they are, how well organised, and sort of the, the the leaders in the team as well. So, um, could has it had an effect on Kazakhstan? Maybe, maybe they've they've drawn a game that I think most people were expecting them to win. So, um, it it could have happened that Kaká was instrumental, and um, I mean certainly tactically he's a great coach. So yeah, he he might have changed things up. He might have. He might have seen how Slovenia were playing and, and changed things up and affected the game. So you, you, you'll, you'll never know. It's unfortunate he's missed the game, but um, on the other hand, the group's all square still. So, you know, they've not yeah, they've I mean, lost anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were able to come back and, uh, you know, do some damage out there. Uh, have you ever watched the highlights? Did you see any of the highlights of during halftime? So as soon as the whistle blows... You know, it gets quiet. There's no halftime show. And they just go through all the clips and highlights of the half. But they slow them down. And you can hear mm, the I squeak. noticed that. Yeah. So they slow them down. But you hear the squeaking of the shoe. And there was one play where they did it. Oh, Douglas Jr. actually scored off that corner. That absolute golazo that he cracked. Oh, beautiful, beautiful goal. The, the guys happens too much. <laughs> Volleys off corners happen too much. I don't understand it. It's like... Hey. If Every game, there's a volley from a corner. I, I, I love it because I'm not complaining they, at all. They, they're, no, they're great goals, but I can't get my head around how, how often it happens. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy, and I think today there was like three of them in the two yep. games alone. But when they were slowing down the highlights, you could hear the squeaking, but it was it was so slow, and it sounded. I I got to be honest, the only way I can really describe it, it sounded like. In a moment of impending doom in a Ridley Scott horror film where like some alien or monsters about to come and like swallow a human. And I'm sitting there listening to this, just laughing and saying the, the, the highlights, they could, uh, you know, speed them up a little bit, but uh, you know, it's, it's a good job in the production because, you know, people who aren't able to actually watch the full games due to work or whatever it is, 
are getting an opportunity to catch at least three, four minutes of the match out there. Um, but um, honestly, the rest of this game, in particular, the second half was pretty solid. I mean, just taking a look at the notes here, you know, there was, uh, it was, yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was, uh, I'm going to say his name, Federic or Federic. I'm going to go Federic. That's it. If he wants to come on the show and correct me, he can do it. But he got that left-footed cracker to put Slovenia up 2-1 to one again. And it was just fantastic. And they had this great camera angle. Speaking of, you know, the production team, are you enjoying the overhead cam footage? Like when they when they actually show the plays or they show the highlights, instead of the sideline view, they have the camera turning uh, in a 360 motion and you actually get to see the play from up top. Is that something that you enjoy uh, as a coach and tactician or as yeah, a fan? Definitely, because, you know, as a coach, we everything's on the tactics board, right? So everything you do is from the top down. So, yeah, when, I, when I'm analysing games and preparing plays, then I, I tend to use that top-down view. So it, it's great to see. You can see the shape of the teams. You can you can see see the setups. You can, yeah, tactically, it's, it's a great view, really is. So, so yeah, the, the production, everything seems to be seems to be going in, in the right direction they need a show on at half time then like 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 this maybe i would love to see a halftime show i would love to see a pre-game show i'd love to see a post-game show just like you do with football just like you do with the nfl every other sport has it it's time that we do it hey yeah they want to bring us on board i'd be all in because we got to promote the game but we have to build the superstars as well i mean we're talking about douglas jr and tainan and 90 percent of, of people who just casually watch futsal don't even really recognize these names until they watch a World Cup. And that's something that we need to really build. And I think that's where you build it is in the pregame show, the halftime show, and of course the postgame celebrating the accolades of what they did. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to go that way eventually, but you know, I'm sure they have the resources and the, and the tech and everything to do it now. But it's, it's a shame it's not, but... Um, that said, it tends to be the TV companies that, that do this thing. And and yeah, I guess we're some way away from TV companies, really. I mean, it might be happening in Spain, as far as as far as we know, that they're doing the pre-game and post-game. Certainly for the Spain games, I'm I'm sure they'll have the studio open and, and discussions around it. Um, and Brazil has it as well. I've seen some pretty cool ones in Brazil. And the guys are so <laughs> animated and so wild out there. I mean, those voices those guys have, they, they could read the menu from a Chinese restaurant and make it sound super exciting. So imagine with them, you know, on a futsal show doing something out there. Um, but you know what? I'm enjoying the games even without it. The commentary has been great. You know, props to uh, Chris Sharples, um, you know, our another, another British guy did a great job at the World Cup, doing a good job here. And there's another man. I'm trying to remember his name. Chris told me yesterday when I messaged him, uh, but they're doing a solid job at calling the action. But you know what? Instead of talking about them calling the action, Let's get back down to business. I mean, we got, you know, the the 2-2. Tainan comes in, does the gram work. Ortozov puts in the goal. But then Kazakhstan goes up, uh, you know, 3-2. to two, And it was just something else. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was, sorry, it was Che. Uh, C-E-H. I mean, I could never pronounce it looking at his jersey. He had all these funky symbols. So he put Slovenia up. And then uh, Teo Turk scored. To me, it's the best goal of the tournament so far. Uh, they go up, you know, 4-2. to two. It was just this thing of a nutmeg the defender and then a toe poke it was delicious i mean if you if if you're watching this right now and you didn't see this goal as soon as this show's done go to the highlights check it out you're gonna be blown away it was just a beautiful master class and that was it but you know kazakhstan there's a reason why 
they were semifinalists at the World Cup. Uh, we had uh, Tokayev uh, with the beauty behind the back. It was a nice, uh, you know, a back heel flick out there that was just one of those vintage futsal goals. And then, of course, your man, Damon Douglas Jr., with a bullet that deflected in. The thing that I was most intrigued about when this game ended 4 4 was that there was 90 combined attempts on net. You know, you, besides just being a coach, you are a high performance analyst. You love stats, you love that stuff. Tell us what it means to have 90 combined attempts in a futsal match between two teams. It can it can be an indication of a lower quality, um, but obviously when that's not the case in this tournament. Um, and it, it's just it's the beauty of the game. It's we can have we, we can have so many shots and four four is quite a high scoring game. I guess nowadays in futsal, it's the, goal, the goals tend to have. The goals are getting lower and lower as we sort of as the game develops. I think, and defenses get stronger and goalkeepers get better. Um. So yeah, in you can get that many shots in a in a casual game in in let's say in England in you know in, in some of our leagues, but it's an indication of a lower quality, um, you know, five side defending sort of thing, but. To get that in in a Euro or a, an international match, it's it's more of a sign of good quality, good quality attacking, and that's I think futsal was going maybe some way negatively, and it, words coming out of Spain and people tweeting in in Spain saying futsal's getting too defensive, not as many goals as they used to be, and wanting wanting the rules changing, but to see this now in in the Euro, a nice four four with lots of chances, lots of opportunities. Um, hopefully the argument will go away a little bit because um, I, I don't really buy it. I think, yeah, maybe goals, maybe defences were getting better, but hopefully now we're seeing the attacking sort of counteracting what, you know, the defences were getting better. Now the attacking's having to improve naturally. So as a whole, hopefully the game's getting better. Now, overall, what were your thoughts with Slovenia? I know you didn't get to catch, uh, you know, most of the early part of the match out there, but what was your initial thoughts with Slovenia really taking it to the World Cup semi-finalists? Slovenia, the team that's been around and there and thereabouts. Well, one of my first international experiences was in Slovenia for the University World Championships, and and you know they, they were they were a great team. They they built some great players, and this format having sixteen teams has allowed them to um, get another chance to be in the finals. And um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a surprise. I don't think anyone predicted them to. To be so strong against Kazakhstan, who were, I think, my favourites, sort of second favourites. Um, I think I think Spain are my favourites. I can't see anyone. Um, I think Spain will go all out for this tournament. Um, but Kazakhstan are my favourites. You know, you've got to stick your neck out a little bit for these predictions. You can't just say Spain all the time, right? I, I took um, Russia. I still have Russia doing it. I uh, got Russia, Portugal in the final. Those are my picks. Who did you have in the final at the beginning of the tournament? You like Kazakhstan? And uh, you like Spain? If it can happen, I put, I don't I haven't checked the crossovers, but um, Kazakhstan, Spain are my two favourites, and I think it'd be a good final, definitely. Um, I'd, I'd like to see Portugal. I've always liked Portugal um, since Orlando Duarte was was their coach. And um, by the way, new Latvia head coach Orlando's taken over in Riga. Yes, yes, he has. Um, unfortunately, while I was in Poland, we didn't get to didn't get to meet, but. Um, no, he's he's one of the, one of the top coaches in the world, and 
hopefully we'll see that view in the next year. Um, so no, Slovenia, they're, they're a team that's benefited from the extra places. And yeah, it's not a surprise. It's, it's a, that part of the world, Croatia, Slovenia, um, you know, it's, it's a real hotbed of futsal and, you know, they've, they've got a good result and they might get, they might get through this group because it wouldn't be a surprise now. Well, everyone's even on one point. I mean, we got 4-4 in Kazakhstan, Slovenia. Let's move on to the second game, which was fantastic. I didn't think anything was going to be able to top that, but it was pretty even matched. Italy, former two-time champions in this tournament, missed the World Cup. And a big part of that is this team, coached by none other than our good friend, Miko Martic. And man, oh man, People were freaking out. I mean, immediately off the go. Did you watch the full game? Yep. It was a cracker, was it not? It was. It wasn't as good as the previous game. I mean, it, I it had a lot. It. Of, it, it had a lot of drama, as opposed to a lot of chances. Um, I didn't. I think. I think both teams struggled to find space and tr struggled to create opportunities. But maybe that was the defensive winning out. Um, but yeah, it was a great game, and it could have gone either way in the last last few minutes there. Yeah, I mean, the first goal opened up. It was, uh, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, all these volleys. Uh, the corner was just blasted home. Opening minute, uh, Alamico Tervo uh, from Finland was just absolutely insane. But the, my favorite part of the goal, besides just being an absolute cracker, was the camera briefly showed the Finnish bench. And you got to see Miko. It, his reaction, almost like he turned away in disgust. I'm like, you guys just scored, you know. So Miko just never smiles. He's all business all the time on the court. Yeah. Uh, but he's it, it's the complete opposite when he's off the court. He's just a fun-loving guy with a wonderful smile. He's done so much for this game and marketing. I mean, if people don't know who Miko is, you know, he is uh, pretty much one of the, uh, you know, two main guys behind Futsal Planet, along with uh, Luca yeah. Ranocchiati. And Luca, if I pronounce your last name wrong, I'm so sorry, mate. But I'm working on that stuff. But we appreciate you guys is what we're trying to say with the Futsal Awards just coming out. And, um, you know, I think uh, Luca was definitely... Uh, looking for Italy in this match, despite him being partnered mm. with Miko at Finland. And, I mean, we saw Italy come back with a Douglas Nicolati uh, when he cut through the middle and he just made that blast. Question I have for you. The Italy goal to tie it up 1-1, was it bad defending or just a great play by Nicolati? Um, bad goalkeeping, I think. Am I thinking of the right goal? Um... He came through the middle. Uh, it seemed like the defenders, at least to me, it seemed a little bit, you know, they weren't as, as condensed as they could have been. And maybe the goalkeeper's positioning was out. But it was quite of a nice shot. Uh, I have to give credit to uh, Nicolati for that. I, I think Italy rely a lot on one-on-ones. One um, you've got you've got these great players that can do it mainly. It's, it's him and Pani are unstoppable, even though you know what they're going to do most of the time. Um, and they, they rely on that a lot. And I think... I think Finland defended that very well. Um, so that's why there wasn't a lot of space and there weren't many chances. There weren't any clear opportunities. Um, but no, that, that equalising goal, I, I would be disappointed. And I don't... I would, dis, I would be disappointed in the goalkeeper. He's probably disappointed. Um, it skims his hands. So, you know, but it, it was a good shot as well. Um, the guy's cut through the middle. He's a left footer. Um, or at least he's, he's shot on his left foot. So... You know, the, the players perhaps should have cut off the middle a little bit more. But then I noticed as well, Finland were defending the lines. So they were leaving that open. So maybe it's bad defending tactically. Um, 
or not following the instructions. But yeah, the goalkeeper maybe could have done a bit better as well. Well, I mean, we spoke earlier. I mean, you have coaching experience uh, all around the world, and you were part of the Solomon Islands coaching staff over at the World Cup. And and I watched during a timeout during this game today with Finland and Italy, and I saw Miko speak during a timeout. He doesn't speak Finnish, and a lot of the guys don't speak English over there. And I'm curious, what's it like to have to use a translator as a coach to get your message across to players? It's difficult. You you can't express yourself as much as you'd like to. It, it isn't easy. Um, I guess the Finnish guys will understand English a lot better than, say, um, the Polish players I had. Um, and certainly the Spanish players I've worked with in the past, but then I speak Spanish, so that's okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. But then again, football's simple. So coaching can be simple. So, you know, you can learn a few words or you can simplify your message and, and get the point across. So, And then again, all the work's been done, will have been done on the training court. So come into a match day, Mitchell will only have to say a few words to, to get his point across and his assistants will will help him there. And It's not easy, it's not ideal. You, you, I really would love to coach in, in my own language um, and be able to get everything across that you want to, but um, no, you, you find a way. You definitely find a way and there's other ways to communicate. Yeah, no, it was an interesting thought. I, I, was, I was dying to ask you that question as I'm watching Miko talk to them. And I just came back from Helsinki myself, uh, you know, just before I went to the World Cup and ran into you in Lithuania. And uh, their language is so distinctly different. Uh, people were telling me the only thing that's relatively similar is Hungarian, which kind of blew me away. Uh, so I have to look into the history of it. But Miko's been there for a while. Uh, definitely his message is getting across. Finland is coming up very nicely in futsal. In fact, I think yesterday they just released uh, the new marketing video uh, that came out. They had their strategic plan released last week. Uh, watch out for those northern climates. Um, I mean, I'm from one in Canada. Uh, we have a long way to go over here. Uh, but it seems like those Scandinavian countries and Finland in particular starting to see the results and starting to put the investment back into the program. And it's showing when you take uh, you know a point off Italy. So mm -hmm. moving forward out there, I mean, we saw what happened. Italy went up two to one. A brilliant control rolling sideways when his right foot was Dematos. Dematos is an absolute machine and i think he's making a real name for himself out here uh you know to anyone who's you know watched him obviously with italy dos uh but i mean his left foot he just had this beautiful pass come to him he rolled it out to the right and then just sniped it with the left it was just just a classic goal there's too many goals of the tournament candidates that just came from these two games today i don't even know where to go good luck whoever's voting on that uh but then 10 seconds later just as you know the you know you thought that the air was taken out of the the finished balloon you had a second goal by uh, Alamika Turvo, and uh, it was just absolutely insane. But now, 3-2, to two, captain, 37-year-old Audio, with an absolute rocket from pretty much center court. I mean, number one, are we calling it center court or center pitch? What, what do you prefer as a coach? Um, from the center of the court, not center court. That's, that's Wimbledon. That's tennis. I like it. Everyone keeps saying pitch all the time. And for me, it's like, you know, you're, at, you're on a court. You're at the center. I mean, that shot, that thing was absolutely insane. That that kind of reminded you almost of a Douglas Jr. shot out there with, with that blast. And for Finland to go up 3-2, to two, it was absolutely fantastic. But, of course, Italy being Italy, Damatos, 
on the fly. Great play by Italy. Um, you know, what was your take with the, you know, all that back and forth, uh, you know, towards the second half? Because it certainly opened up. Give us your full take on that. Well, let's go back to the goal by Kainan. Um, it's Dematos, right? He, he, he's more, I think he's more commonly known as Kainan. Um, you know, he, he plays in Spain. We um, we saw him close up in the futsal week that Mitro organised. Um, we actually played against Italy and Finland in our preparation for the World Cup. So this game was a really nice one for me to watch with um, Mitro, a good friend, Massimo, a good friend, and having faced both these teams in, in the summer. Uh, black goal by Kainan. People won't see that as a goal of tournament contender. Obviously, you did, but that technique, that quick touch and shot. I mean, there's so many good goals today. It's it's hard to pick a, a goal of the day, but for me, that was that was something else. And um, yeah, he 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 could be one of the stars of this tournament. I like him a lot. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, as you said, when when Italy went up, it could have been too much for Finland um, but knowing them personally and close up and having, having played against them and they, they don't let up Finland do not give up and that's you know we've, we've seen that they could have won it in the last second from the fly goalkeeper uh, defending the fly goalkeeper couldn't they it could have been 4-3 to them with a shot just wide I think um, and Italy are a team that have had a reset so they're not they're not a Spain or a Russia anymore um, and, and we've seen over the years with, with the games that they played against Finland um, that they're probably about that level now and hoping to go up um, and I think Italy probably will get back to back to where they were um, but can Finland also get, get to that level with they keep surprising everybody um, but yeah it was, a, it was a really good game really even not many chances until it sort of opened up with a fly goalkeeper at the end and, um, and yeah I think a draw is a fair result both teams are going to be disappointed because a win today would have given them a, a stronghold in the group. But I think a draw is a really fair result. And um, yeah, you, you, I mean, I'd love to see both these teams go through. I said Kazakhstan's my my favourite for the tournament, but um, you know, I've got a few favourite teams, I guess. Um, but it'd be nice to see them both go both go through. Italy for the history, Finland for. For what what they're doing and what it means for the country and what it means for other countries in you know, even England in the same sort of boat as as um, as Finland in terms of where we started. So yeah, it'd be nice to see them both go through. <coughs> Excuse me. No worries. No, it's fantastic. I mean, all teams in Group B tied on one point. I think this thing's wide open in a crapshoot. Slovenia really opened a lot of eyes today, and if I'm Finland and Italy. I'm not liking what I'm seeing one bit from how aggressive, how motivated they are. Uh, even when they made the mistakes, it was like watching uh, volleyball after a team loses a point and they're just motivating each other. Um, their spirit is high and uh, whatever the coaching staff is doing with Slovenia, keep it up out there. But I think we are going to see as the tournament progresses, it is only match day one and the best teams usually separate themselves as the tournament gets out there. And I certainly expect Kazakhstan still to finish top of this group. So moving forward, uh, you know, let's first of all, we want to thank OTC on the court. If you're listening to this and you love futsal and you buy a coffee or a tea once a day, two bucks, three bucks, go and do yourself a favor and pick off on the court. Damon's actually in issue three. I think it's what 
two two pounds and fifty cents, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's two it's two fifty for a coffee and too too many too many people in Futsal we they, they put this stuff out and it's free. Which which is great as well. But it's quality content. Um and it's only two fifty. Um I bought a couple of copies, so if someone wants someone wants a copy then then I'll send it. But no, it, it's not a lot of money. Um yeah, go go and get it. It's a really good really good analysis by a couple of English guys actually. Um English Spanish mix. Um, Tappy and Owens brothers. Yeah. Um you know it it's fantastic work they've been doing and for the game in England and for you know for the international community because there's very little content out there in English. It's growing. It's really growing. You know, shows like this and a few articles that I've that I've um that I've shared and then this the OTC stuff. And obviously foreign people are now doing their stuff in English as well. So um it's important for the growth of the game I think to get more English stuff out there. And yeah, the OTC is well worth well worth reading and there's there's three issues now so two two of them were free and the euro one they've they're charging for but 250 for three episodes three issues it's it's a bargain so after the show go to instagram go to twitter go to on the court three issues first two were free like damon said issue three two pounds 50 cents i got every one of them their quality the graphics the designs Phenomenal. Make sure you follow them too. The Tapio Owens brothers. We're going to bring them on the show actually before this tournament's all said and done. Yeah. That's for sure. So now we talked about the games. We talked about how awesome OTC was. We talked about camera angles. Let's talk about some superstars. We're talking about building stars in futsal. Well, let's start promoting them. 35 years old, missed the World Cup. It was a crime for new futsal fans to miss the magic of the man known as Babalu, aka Alex Merlin sporting champions league winner everything this guy touches turns to gold how good is this guy damon oh he's one of the best one of the best he doesn't he doesn't get the he doesn't get the plaudits of players like ricardinho because he's quite a simple player but um you know he he does the simple stuff so well and he is a leader he's i said before he, it's kind of obvious what he's going to do but then he can go both ways, so he, he tends to cut in the middle from the from the left. Um, but then, if you defend that, then he goes down the other side, and you can shoot his left foot or set up set up a goal as well. So, um, no, really, really good player. And just before I came on, I saw a picture of him with all his medals, and you know, good players, uh, bad players don't win that many medals. He's um, could be one of the best in the world. Um, the awards haven't shown that yet, but you know it's a popularity contest at the end of the day. And like I said, he's he's not a flashy sort of player. He just does the stuff really well, and he can shoot. Not oh, today yeah. so much, but um, he had but, several shots. But it just seemed that uh, I mean the, the Finnish keeper was up to up to task today out there, and it seemed that more of his shots were coming uh, from a little farther outside the area than what we're accustomed to seeing. I mean, in the Champions League, six games, he's got three goals and eight assists over there. I mean, the guy's nuts. He doesn't go to the World Cup. This is what's crazy. He doesn't play in the World Cup and still finishes third in the Futsal Awards. Like, that's, that says something else out there. I felt very bad for him for not being there. Um, but, I mean, the man's just absolutely clutch. And, I mean, the other couple of guys we're talking about moving forward out there, I mean, one former sporting player, Tena. This guy, he's now over at El Pozo over in Spain. 
six goals at the World Cup. Uh, I mean, former uh, he used to play for uh, Kaidath Almaty in Kazakhstan, if I'm not mistaken, as yep. well. So, I mean, talk to us about the impact that this guy has on the team. You're going to have to cut this out. I've, I don't know much about him, to be honest. No, it's perfectly fine out there. I mean, <laughs> he was great at the World Cup out there, and he was just a dynamite player. Why don't we talk about Douglas Jr. instead? I mean, you know, we, we want to talk about guys who excel over at Kaidat, and, uh, I mean, everything about this guy, uh, you know, is just he's just been absolutely sensational. He's 33 years old, and he is he's, he played, I think, more minutes. I think Andre Carl told me on our first episode that he played more minutes at the World Cup than anybody scored four yep. goals um tell us about douglas jr and just how special this guy is he, i think he's my favorite player to watch at the minute just the way he the way he sort of caresses the ball the way he, he's so calm and he has this little pause in him all the time and he can change at the last minute um and he can do everything he you know he, he's the reason why i didn't watch Thailand so much because I'm always fixated on him and where he is on the pitch when even when he's not got the ball you know um he's a player I'd love to see in in Spain and I think he was linked to Barcelona before he got his injury uh, he's had a couple of bad injuries towards you know towards the sort of latter end of his career but um yeah in terms of watching the game it again he he's not a player that you're gonna you're gonna watch and be, and be attracted to futsal like like the skillful players the ones that do the crazy stuff and nutmegs and um but he's a player that if you're a futsal if you're a futsal fan then you start to notice the things that he does and you you can really appreciate it he's a you know, he, he's great to watch and then he scored the, the volley today and oh what a crap um you know, he, he he's a co really complete player very complete player and and i, I just love the way he plays i love the i love, I love the so he's got a weird technique. If, if you if you never watch football, if you never watch futsal, and you watch him playing, you'd be like, "What's he doing? Like he, he looks a bit weird." I think, and a lot of futsal players have that sort of look about them that don't they don't look like football players that that we're used to. Um, and he's just got this really elegant way of playing. I think. Yeah, no, he's absolutely fantastic. And I mean, we talked about you know him and Babalu and Tenan and. It's just that there's so many stars in this tournament. We need to build them more. Um, let me ask you, last question out there. You were in Lithuania. You remember what it was like when it was a timeout and you heard the tractor horn and everyone's going, what the heck is that horn? Have you listened to the horn in Amsterdam? It sounds like you're at a giant rave. And you know the one where you put up the thing in the air? Yeah. I love it. I love it. The, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, our good buddy Ariso over from Italy that was saying it. It really resembled the Dutch dance culture out there. Um, you know, what's it like in the arena? You know, you have that vibe, the music, you have those horns, the sounds. Uh, I saw a, a futsal gamer that had cheerleaders once, and I'm going, okay, this is like a little more North American, but it was super funky. You know, what what do you like uh, in terms of what you've seen so far? Um, you know, from the production and and outside the actual action itself. Are there no cheerleaders in Holland? I'm a bit surprised. I, well, um, I guess due to COVID, maybe, I can't imagine maybe, who yeah, they get a cheerleader for. Because <laughs> it tends to, in Europe, it tends to happen. Like I've been to a few Champions League tournaments, um, and in timeouts and halftime. That it, certainly in Poland, I went to in Sweden, they had cheerleaders on the pitch. Um, you know, in in every break and with music and 
and making a spectacle of it. Obviously, with with COVID, it's probably probably not so um, feasible at the moment. But um, what I don't like about these timeouts, they dim the lights, and I think as a coach, that might be quite off-putting. But maybe they've got lights in the in the bench area. I don't I, I don't know. Um, they seem to be able to get the message across, and the lighting was okay. But the whole the arena goes dim, doesn't it? Um, so, yeah, I, I picked up on that. But you know, the coaches are getting the message across, and I, I like that. I like that we can hear what they're saying. Obviously, in most of them won't be speaking English. Um, I don't know if you caught Micho's faux pas during his timeout. Um, he's not important. Fuck him. <laughs> I'll send you the video later. It was it was quite funny, but. Um, no, it's really good that we can watch the timeouts, and even if you don't understand the language, you kind of pick up what they're pick up what they're trying to get across, and um, and then yeah, as a, from a spectacle, from a TV from a TV standpoint, it's it looks really good. You you're involved. You can you can hear what the coaches are saying, and um, and yeah, the, the from the TV side of things, it's it's got everything we need, I think. Well, let me ask you, I mean, I always want to make this show 30 minutes, but when I got a guest who, you know, uh, you know, brings the experience you do and, and brings the insight out there, I want to keep them for as long as possible. What do you have going on right now? I mean, I know your social media, you're active, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, thousands upon thousands of followers, but this big project that's coming up and it's gaining a lot of momentum from a lot of people. Tell us about the futsal camp project that you got going on right now. Okay, um, so this is it's actually the sixth year that I'll have run the futsal camp and it was born out of living in Spain and parents of the players I was coaching there asking me, Damon, where can we send our kids to do futsal in England? We want to um, we want them to learn English, but we want them to do it while doing futsal. There's loads of football camps. There's loads of football and language camps over in uh, clubs in England, but there was no futsal. So... So that's when the idea came about to um, to set up a a camp, a two week, two to three week camp for at the time Spanish kids to come over to England, get immersed in the culture, play futsal, um, all in English, and do English classes and you know, stay with families, make friends, local players, and that's where the idea came about. And this year, and um, we've had two years off because of COVID. This year will be the sixth edition, but maybe eight years since we started. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really going big with this now because um, I've, I've got I've got time on my hands, and um, it's I think after COVID, it's going to be required. It's going to be needed for you know people want to travel again, people want to get back to doing what they used to do. Um, so yeah, it's a two week camp for foreign kids to come to England, learn English, and play futsal. That's awesome. And where can people find out more information if they want to be involved and uh, get on track with that? Um, my social media, which is there, or just Futsal Camp UK um, across all social media channels and, and the website. So, um, yeah, we're looking for any kids that want to learn English. I'm actually opening it up to this year to native speakers as well. Um, and they'll instead of the English classes, they'll do extra training or gym sessions or nutrition training, physical training. Um, and that they'll get to mingle with the with the with the players that come from from abroad, um, and the Spanish players that come. They've got a good level. We had 
a couple of players last last time that went on to play for Barca under 18s. Uh, not because of the camp, but they were you know, they came to the camp and then they just signed for for Barca. Um, and we've had an intermediate star player at the camp before, and um, you know, so if English English speaking players want to come, then of course it, you know, they'd be more than welcome. And obviously they won't do the English English classes, but but they get a great experience with with top coaches and uh, top players. That's great. Well, Damon, thank you very much for joining us on episode three of Inside Futsal. Uh, later down in the tournament, hopefully join us again. Oh, of course, of course, I'll be. I'll be there and thereabouts every day, watching as much as I can. I love it. Well, we'll definitely bring you back on before this tournament's finalized. Damon Shaw, check him out. You got the UK futsal camp, all the social media stuff. Make sure you check him out. And thanks for supporting us over here. We just launched the YouTube channel yesterday. You can watch episode one, Andre from Kato Futsal, and number two, the expert from the Ukraine, Artem of 5 by 5 Futsal. And I'll be here tomorrow. Uh, talking about uh, the big games uh, that we have over in Group C, but we'll leave that for tomorrow. So, Damon, thanks for joining us, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your evening out in England. You too. Good night.